All right, welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on Ryan. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a little minute, my man. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, this is the first podcast we've done since uh, our first podcast. Yeah, that's crazy. And that was, what would it be, 21 or 2020? I feel like it was 2021. 2021. Actually, it might have been 2020. Was I feel it pre like Because when you came over my house, you were asking, do I need to wear a mask or not? Ah, so it's post, yeah. post-March. Yeah. So it, it might have been like the fall or the summer of 2020. So we went from one podcast to where we didn't know each other to the second podcast where we were best friends. Yeah. So pretty crazy. That's a, that's a, that's a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I would like for us to cover um, everything from when we started the, the Come to DMG album until now. And uh, which, you know, I want to talk about that stuff. But also, like, until me and you get into settings like this, there's a lot of other things that we like could talk about that we just normally don't because like we're both busy people. So like the usually only time I get you is like if we're doing something, yeah, <laughs> if we're doing something together. Um, so, but yeah. Anyways, we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But let's start with what was it the. So for everybody who doesn't know, the Come to DMG album, if you're living under a rock, like Patrick Starr, uh, we released that this year, um, April, April this year. That's crazy. Yeah. It it's almost like 2024. <laughs> That's crazy. And we basically spent all of last year recording it, uh, mixing it, mastering it, stuff like that. And it was... Definitely an experience. I'm I'm really glad that we did. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I think that if more people saw what we did, they would probably be like, "Like, holy crap! Like, what? What made y'all want to do that? And you know, how did you do that? Because right. it was it it could have been a lot easier, I guess, people wise. Like, you know, certain people knowing what they're doing and whatnot. Um, and then making it more organized a certain way. Cause like the way I wanted to organize it was, it ended up being more complicated than what people needed, I guess. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I guess what, like, how did you feel far as like a musically wise about the album? Like, did you feel like. Like, obviously, the goal was rap music, right? But did you feel like it was knowing who the artists are? Do you feel like it was a good representation of them, or do you feel like, like, man, I wish that person had did this kind of music and something else? Overall, I love like most of the album. I think there's a couple songs in there that could have been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I'm super stoked that we got to showcase all the different artists for Memphis and show like that there's a different side of Memphis than what the popular music sound is. Yeah, yeah. And I think we did a really good job of showing people like how much different stuff we can shove in one project. And like and it still all be good, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm super happy about it. I think, you know, all the people now were great. Um for the most part a super enjoyable experience. So uh, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. I, I do think if so Spoiler alert, I want to do like a club slash like twerk song like album. 
Um, I'm in. <laughs> Little Tino will be on the front. Yeah. It's going to be like probably five songs. And I'm literally just putting this out just to put it out. Um, I, I don't think I want to do another come to DMG. Like no. everybody wants like a volume two, volume three, volume. Maybe but, a couple of years from now. Yeah, I think I really wanted that to just be like a one-off. Really? Like, that's why we, that's that's why I like wanted to do all that we did, like the concert and like we put the articles on the website and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just don't know if I want to do that again. I think if there's a time where we have more people, more money, more free time, mm-hmm. and just more like a bigger audience, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. But I think for where we're at right now, like it doesn't make a ton of sense mm-hmm. to just jump into something like that again. Yeah. But like with what you're talking about, that sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah. If now if we had like like what you were saying and the platform to get it out, then yeah, but like I really wanted to use that album as like our like we told you so to everybody. Yeah. Like we could do this, and you know I'm I'm halfway joking when I post this. I've been posting, I think two or three times. I'll say like, um, it's been five months, and come to DMG is still the greatest album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still being serious though. Like I have you heard an album better than the come to DMG album come from like from Memphis? Like the person is from Memphis. No, I feel like. A lot of the albums that come out of here are very like one they're very like the same song over and over and over again. Yeah. I feel like I'm listening to the same song with different lyrics and a different beat. And and I'm not even talking about just rap music, like I'm oh, all music. Yeah, I, I haven't heard any other artists really which I don't know a ton like I know a bunch of artists uh in Memphis who don't do rap, but like they aren't putting music out like that. Yeah. They're putting out music like one single a year or like an album every like five years or something like that. Yeah, that's not enough. Yeah, not that many people drop around here. So even rock music, metal, um, pop, whatever type of music people, they they don't really drop music like that around here other than rappers. Like rappers are dropping music all the time. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, so I don't know. Who do you, who's probably like your favorite band or artist that's not a rapper around here? From here? Yeah. I don't even know, dude. There's, there's so many. There's a lot. I feel like I'm going to get held for my answer. If I, answer. <laughs> I like all I, these bands. I mean, just name five. Name five bands? Bands or or people that make music that aren't rappers. Um, I mean, Anaphylactic Shock, I've worked with them. Kill Command, they're, they're all metal bands. East of Eden. Um, trying to think of someone else. Now, Kill Command dropped an album this year, right? Yeah. Okay. So did Anaphylactic Shock. And then maybe East of Eden did too. I can't remember if that was last year or not. Mm, okay. Time has just passed. Yeah. It yeah. might have been last year, but I feel like it was just the beginning of this year. Yeah, I feel like you remember when I came to the studio one time and recorded some footage of you and Kill Command? That, yeah. That feels like last year or like the very beginning no, of this year. No, that was definitely this year. Yeah, it was it was probably like four months ago. So it was, <laughs> I feel like it was April or May. Yeah, it was probably around then. Yeah. It feels like forever ago though. But even Southbound Beretta. Like, that feels like three years ago. That feels like an eternity. Well, that, that actually might have been close to three no. years ago. Maybe oh, okay. two and a half. Yeah. Because that was, like, right after COVID, I feel like. But even after, like, remember, like, all the contract talks that we yeah. had? With them? Like, that feels forever ago. Well, that whole project took forever to do. Yeah. It took, like, them two trips coming down here to do it. 
And then in the end, they only used two of like the eight or nine songs we did. Mm. So I don't know if they're going to use those other songs in the future or what their plan is, but yeah. Yeah. And they're not even from here. They're from Indianapolis. Yeah. 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 So, but no, they just released a new song. Uh, or they're about to release a new song. I think here soon, mm. but I'm excited for that. Yeah. There's not like a ton of, there's not as big of like a rock or metal scene as there is like a rap scene here. Oh yeah. Obviously, sure. but yeah. I wish there was more though. Like, when you have variety and diversity in people's like taste in music, it it allows you to be more creative. Yeah. Like when everybody's doing the same thing, it's hard to be creative. That's why like some of your biggest hits are usually like two people you wouldn't think would make music together. Like random big hits. Like they'll be from like uh what was it? Like Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two mega stars just deciding to do a song together. Jay-Z and Linkin Park when they did Encore. Oh, I remember that. That was the biggest thing in freaking high school, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. like, when you have these two random, you know, different uh, contrasting styles and you put them together, like, it's almost guaranteed to be a hit. So, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I've been working with White Sosa and he's about to do a country project. And I think that'll do really well because I don't think he's ever done anything like that. Mm. So, he's super excited about it and I'm excited for him because I think that'll be cool to see, like, a rapper try something that's kind of outside his ballpark. You know what I mean? Mm. See what people think. Yeah. One thing I love about Ryan is he just said, I don't know if I'm supposed to say <laughs> and then says it. <laughs> I have so many people that I'll bring on this podcast and they're like, oh, I ain't going to talk about that. And I'm just like, well, I'll ask him after the podcast and we can edit it out if I'm not supposed to say it. No, we release it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Um, but I, you know, I hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't go down that road just to say he went down that road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hope he genuinely. No, I think, I, I think like his roots, that's like kind of where, like he lived like, when he was a kid, he lived kind of in the country. Mm, okay. so it was kind of like part of his, you know, his roots or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. I have been noticing a lot of black people getting into country music. Really? Yeah. A lot. Like making music or just listening to it? Making it. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, they're good at it. Don't get me wrong. Like black people are usually really good at whatever music thing they choose to do, but I'm all about like do it f for the love of it. Don't yeah. do it because it's just going to happen to make you money because that's going to cause issues. Like country people, like rap people take rap serious, or whatever. Sometimes, yeah, but it's not like I know what you're saying. Yeah, country's like it's a, a culture. Lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's a culture, which rap is too. Like it's people's. But I think rap has kind of gotten away from, like, the hardcore, like, purists. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's like that anymore. Country is still yeah. kind of – even country's fading away with, like, the pop country that's out now. Yeah. Um, which I like pop country, so I'm not talking shit on it. But it's definitely not, like, what it used to be. Yeah. Which it's not going to be. You know, everything evolves, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean – I understand what? what you're saying, how people can be very defensive, like, oh, you're not this, yeah, yeah. you're not that. Like, yeah. I know I'm trying something new. Yeah, which rap and um, other genres are, are going through the same thing. Like, I'm sure Skrillex is screaming at people talking about um, hyper pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a branch off from what they well, I mean, were doing. They, they talked mad crap to him when he first started making music. Oh, really? He So he was a screamer in a metal band. Mm, I yeah. did not know and he, I can't remember what exactly happened, but... I think his vocal cord, like something happened to happen. I think he had a surgery, couldn't scream anymore. So he's like, okay, I need to pivot. And he went into electronic music. That's and crazy. He, he, yeah, he, I mean, there's other artists that kind of gave that genre like life, but he's the one who really like 
made that genre what it is. Yeah, I would say Skrillex, maybe, was it Dead Mouse? Dead Mouse is like staple. I mean, he's a lot, he's been around a lot longer than Skrillex, but. Yeah, those guys were really the forerunners for that. Um, dang, I can't think of the name of the genre. That well, it, dubstep, like dubstep, dead, dead, yeah. dead mouse is more of like house music, okay. But even before that, you have like Daft Punk, which is in like the 90s, yeah, yeah. where they're using like synthesizers and all this cool stuff to make like analog, yeah, electric yeah. music, electronic music, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's really cool that now that we're getting older and we've seen like genres progress, mm-hmm. like every time something new happens, you have all these people that love it. And you have all these people who are like this is this is just noise. Yeah, yeah. Like no, bro, this is just how things happen. They change and evolve. Yeah. Well, like even electronic music was a thing. I think it was like the '80s or '90s. Yeah. And then that evolved into like the dubstep we have now. I I think I I caught the front end of trap step because I think I listened to that music on YouTube. Mm, like it's yeah. a bunch of like it was like that visualizer yep. that would like pulse yep. and whatnot. I listened to some of that. And Every then I, party ever. <laughs> and then I think I lost the tail end of it. Mm. And then like Hyperpop, I think is like a few years old, maybe like five years old. Is it even that old? I don't know. They started putting like dubstep and metal. And I remember that was like an awesome time hmm. in life. Okay. So I remember I heard like the first like dubstep drop in a metal song. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard <laughs> That I mean that's what I'm saying. Like when you can get two different contrasting sounds yeah. and put them together, like people love that. Yeah, people because you it. you take two different like types, like a dubstep person and a metalhead are two different dudes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then you combine them, you just like have two different fan bases. You put them together. Yeah. They find you know the metalheads start to like the electronic music and the dubstep guys are like, dang, metal's not bad either. Yeah, that's why I like tell artists don't. Don't get a feature from somebody who sounds just like you. Yeah. Because then it's like you just have the same person on twice. Yeah. Get somebody who like doesn't sound like you because that way you're going to have like a different country. Like if you have a higher pitch voice, get somebody with like a hella deep voice. Yeah. Or if you have a deep voice, get somebody with a higher pitch voice. Well, you're going to get different fans. Like chances are if you have someone who sounds just like you, like if you're you know big enough, like you're going to have – you're probably going to have the same fans they have. Yeah. But if you get someone from kind of a different – not too different – but you get a little bit different of a ballpark, you know, you're going to get different types of fans Yeah. just because, you know, that's a different genre. Yeah. And what Ryan's saying with like, be different, but not too different. Uh, you don't want the contrasting person to their fan base to not like your music. Yeah. <laughs> this guy ruined the song. Yeah. Cause I think there was like, um, uh, DD 416 DD was telling me about, I think it was Kevin Gates and I don't know if it was Morgan Whalen or if it was, um, somebody else but it was a it was a type of person that makes like the pop type country um and it was like kevin gates and them are you talking about uh i don't think it was kevin gates it was uh i know what song you're talking about it wasn't kevin gates but it was morgan wallen and some other rapper Hmm. and uh god what is his name it's gonna drive me nuts but yeah it was him and that song actually did really well though i think I think Morgan and Lil Dirk did one. Together. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah. The one I saw was Kevin Gates and somebody. I don't okay. know who it was, but um, it was weird though. And it sounded good, yeah. But I don't know how that country artist's fan base will welcome like Kevin Gates or even listen to any of his other music. Yeah, but. I don't. know. I feel like pop country people 
could like rap. Yeah. I mean, I like both genres. Yeah. But I know I'm like not like most people. I literally like almost everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as it's good, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to work for them. So, I mean, and that song got like so many freaking plays. So, they were just probably like, we got to get a hit of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, so with Come to DMG, obviously, as I said, I wanted it to be like the best rap album around. But it would be cool to do something that was um, like a multi-genre album, which I don't even know if you can really do that because, you know, like when you submit music, you need to put like what the genre is. <laughs> I don't know. So that would be pretty wild. I guess you would have to just, I don't know. That would be like a mixtape that you'd have to just kind of put out to people. Yeah. That'd be, be hard wild. to do. Yeah. And it'd probably be hard to listen to. Yeah. You well, like, even, like, I remember back in, like, Warp Tour days, you'd have these, they made these, like, albums with, like, these bands would basically cover, like, a song. So, like, so a metal band would cover, like, a song in a pop genre. Mm. Or, like, a pop rock band would cover, like, some song that was, like, not, a, you know what I mean? Just, we'd be weird. But mm. they put all these bands on an album. And, like, it was pretty cool, but sometimes, it'd be, like, you get, like, a really heavy band doing a metal cover or something. Then you get, like, a pop punk band. Mm. And you'd be, like... Sounds kind of weird to go from that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what you're saying would be even different than that because you're going from like you could do like a rock thing and then like a country, a country, rap, and a funk, pop, and then yeah. like, you know what I mean. So that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, I think people like us might be into it, and obviously the artist. But I think as a listener, you'd be like, "What the heck is going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the curse of liking multiple types of music is you want to kind of do it all. Mm-hmm. Like I did that. Um, I recorded that song for. Um, Shoot, uh, flirting with sincerity, and that was really fun. Great learning experience, like all the stuff. I actually started that with all the the equipment we have, and then um, I had the VSR eight, and then that's when it went bad, and I had to switch oh, to dang. the Apollo. Dang, so, that was crazy. Yeah, I did that mid recording their album. <laughs> so for those who don't know, we had an epic flood. Yeah, <laughs> uh, December twenty fourth of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. And we like lost a lot of stuff. Yeah. But we in the end are very lucky and very fortunate and got everything like replaced. But yeah. it was a crazy time here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was way more stressed out than Jackson. <laughs> but. Yeah, because I was like, I mean, what am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go there and fix it all. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with my life circumstances at the time it made sense. But looking yeah. back, I'm like, dang, dude, just calm the heck down. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was definitely um, it was definitely cool, like seeing the process of what you know how you handle these types of situations. Because, yeah. like me and Ryan, we've been kind of doing our own thing with like our personal business, like Romero Records and Uproar. So, like with damage, we've had to um, embark on new experiences that we haven't had to as like business people. Like if you're if you own a business in like drop shipping. Like, all you do is sit at home and click on a mouse, and you don't actually, like, have to run a business for real. Like, you you might package stuff up at home, or somebody's doing all that stuff for you. But, like, there's a lot of stuff you aren't doing that other businesses actually have to do. And, like, we're starting to get in that territory of, like, you know, talking to other people or working with companies and, and doing – uh, like the insurance claim, like having to learn about that kind of stuff. So it was it was pretty interesting. 
That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't fun by any means, but it was definitely a learning experience. Uh, I'm glad, you know, we were able to handle that. Yeah, I think we did well. a great job. I mean, could have yeah. been worse. And and still had you up and running. Like we had some of the stuff out there in the outside the control room. Yeah, I can't even explain this to you guys, but basically the whole booth was flooded. So we took everything and put it in the other room. And I'm so grateful my clients worked with me on this, but we had people like recording in our like refrigerator, like snack room. <laughs> Cause it was like the one dry room in the entire building, but it worked out. And we only had to do that for like a month though. Yeah. You know, we got stuff taken care of pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's something that I've been very thankful to work with you as far as, like, you're a very, let's just figure out how we can get this done yeah. type of person. And, like, that like that right there in itself is super valuable. Because if you work with a person who just, like, can't, can't think through situations and they just, like, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> like, me either, but let's figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think, I don't know, I think I've always been that way. I think my dad probably had a lot to do with that. He's always just, with sports, too, you got to figure something out, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Especially me being as competitive as I am, like, I always want to win. Mm-hmm. And you can't win unless you figure out a way to win, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But, yeah. I tell people all the time, I can tell if you play sports or not just by watching you work. Yeah. Because your decision-making – your thought process, uh, how well you just like think through things, um, how you deal with other people, how you deal with confrontation, yes. like all those things get knocked out in sports. Yeah, like, <laughs> like we got to learn to work together. Yeah, you learn yeah. you learn confrontation skills, you learn teamwork, leadership, uh, decision making. Like if you play football, basketball, whatever, like sport, baseball for sure. Yeah, like you literally have a tenth of a second or less to make a decision on, are you going to bunt? Are you going to smack this out? We ain't bunt. Run? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. So that's like, I can tell a lot about you if you play sports or not. Yeah. But yeah, we, you know, so what we're doing now, do we, are we talking about what we're doing now? Yeah, yeah, sure. So what we're doing now is we're kind of pivoting to content creation. Um, we're still going to do all the music stuff. We're super stoked on all that. But we're looking for something to just kind of diversify so we're going to start making content for businesses and stuff like that. And I think I'm pretty stoked on it. What about you? Yeah, I am. Um, I, and again, it's another thing where it's just like, let's just figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's just do the work and see, and see what happens. And, you know, this is definitely um, something that it just takes time mm-hmm. to, to just get it right and to do it well. But um, I, th- I think it's coming along. Yeah, so Jackson and I are – it's probably taking us a little bit longer than, I guess, some people just because we want to make sure we do it right and we want to make sure that – like we don't want to just give you crap because I think that's why a lot of people work with us is because they see that we're not just trying to get you in and out. Yeah. And we're applying the same thing to the businesses we work with. Like we want to give you the best thing you've ever gotten in your entire life. Yeah. So if that takes us a little bit longer to figure out how to make sure all that happens correctly, like it's fine to take another month or two. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely like been an experience where I know that it can progress, and we're just kind of like watching it progress. Um, I've I've seen so many like companies and and like people when they're like building their company. I'm just like watching like what they do and like okay, what did they do here? What did they do there? And uh, so something that actually 
makes me feel good about like how we started and where we're at right now is like I don't see many companies um, expand really well or like grow really well. They kind of have like a lot of people start out fantastic. Like it's like they really started their company when they already knew they were going to have success. Mm. And then most people aren't like me and they just jump right in. Yeah. They, they don't just like, all right, let me see if this works. Yeah. They already know they have success. Then they, so they start the company. And then like after that, it's like they just kind of stay stagnant. Like they already yeah. had a good uh, progress from the beginning. Well, I totally understand that. I mean, the first time I started my own business back in like 2016, I was like a personal trainer and I did it online and stuff like that. I was mm. also doing the engineering, but that was my main source of income. Mm. And I had no other job, but and I had tons of clients. I was everyone loved me, but I got complacent because it just it gets to a point where it's like so easy and you kind of fall into the routine just like at a job where it's like, oh, this is what I do today. Yeah. But when you own your own business or you're an entrepreneur, like you have to constantly be getting new clients, getting new business. And I didn't realize the importance of that. Mm. So like I'd have a client drop off that week and another two clients drop off next month. And then after a while, I was like, I only have like five, six people I'm working with. So that it's like a it's like a slow fall off that path, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's why I realize now how important it is to just not be complacent and not let life because life is gonna always try to screw you. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not personal. Yeah. It's just how this freaking rock works, you know what I mean? Correct. So you always have to be doing things to either move in a better direction or keep getting stuff that you're already doing now. And I think the thing that helps me the most is I always try to I really try to be grateful for what's happening. I'm always trying to be grateful for my clients because I know how, A, how finite all this is, but how like easy it would be just to go back to some job I absolutely hate. Mm. So I try to remember that like I'm super fortunate for what is happening and I'm just super grateful that I get to do all this. Yeah. Because I know like this is a dream, you know what I mean? Like I literally get to make music all day and shoot videos and stuff, you mm. know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like if you would have told that to my 18-year-old self, he would have been like, that's nuts. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I think um, a lot of people uh, wish they could do. And I think that's, that's something that I forget a lot is what I know. And it's really hard to explain to people, like, all the things that I know how to do because it's like, I, I know it took me 31 years to get to this point. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, I actually started, uh, let's see, when did I start making music? I think I was. I feel like a year or two before I met you, no? I think it was like 2017. That was the first time I ever, like, started learning music. Okay. I, so I actually started um, learning on FL Studio, which I want to talk to you about, like, dolls and stuff like this. Because I was listening to... Um, What's his name? Help me, Devon. Mm-hmm. And he has like this podcast with a few guys, and they were talking about dolls. But we'll get into that. But anyways, I started with FL Studio, uh, and just like making beats and whatnot. And then my friend Leek taught me like about engineering and whatnot. And then I just like self taught, and just like started watching tons of YouTube videos, and um, basically just learned that way, and like learning from other people like you and other engineers that I worked with. So. That's that's pretty much how like I got into music, but it's for video. 
I wanted to shoot a video with some guy when I was in North Dakota, uh-huh. and he charged like seven hundred and fifty bucks for music videos, and I was like, okay. And then I was gonna save up to do it, and then Rachel was like, "Why don't you just buy a camera?" And I was like, "Dang, like a Keep camera's talking. yeah, Keep talking. <laughs> like a camera's about the same price, and yeah. then I could shoot unlimited videos." Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." So we bought a camera. I shot like one video, I think, while I was up there. Maybe if I didn't, I started my first video like here. Actually, I'm pretty sure my first video, no, no, not here. Uh, when I was in Alabama, I think I shot my first video in Alabama, and then um, just started learning about camera stuff just by watching YouTube. So, moral of the story is, if you don't know anything about something, like learn from other people and watch YouTube, and you can literally start a business. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's why we get along so well. Is we're both the type of people who are like, yeah, we could pay someone to do this. Or I could just learn the skill and not have to ever pay someone to do that. Yeah. No, obviously there's stuff we still want to pay for for people. And I think as we like do more and more stuff, we see more value in doing it. Mm-hmm. But I also think like we just want to learn stuff and do it ourselves. Yeah. So like, I don't want to worry about someone else doing it. You know what I mean? And learning it helps you understand the value yes. of it. This is why I always tell my clients like, yeah, download you know a DAW and get like a cheap little setup and just learn how to do this. It's not going to sound good, but you'll understand a heck of a lot more and it'll help you with your songwriting. Yeah. Because you'll understand, like, it's not just waveform. You know, people, like, when we're recording all the time, our inside joke is, like, people saying something, like, bring me back to this bar. And we'll be like, there's, the words aren't on the screen. Yeah. And then he'll always be like, well, there's going to be a plug-in invented. But <laughs> until try, we get there. Yeah, until we get there. We always joke about that, you know, people don't know. So if you can figure that out, it'll help you as an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, there's so many things that um, in in our realm of work, it's difficult to get people to understand like how you work because every engineer is different. Like yes. you're never going to find two engineers who like record your vocals the same or or mix your vocals exactly the same. If there is, then that's like the miraculous, you know, your identical twin type thing. But it's very rare two people even use the same plugins, the same anything. So plus like it depends on like how are they feeling that day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's days where I'm like have the most energy in the world. It's like I want to help you with every single bar. Mm-hmm. Then there's days like, okay, let's just do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I still give my best effort, but it's like there's definitely days where it's like I need I'm not gonna say as much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's something I try to work on as an engineer, but Engineering is definitely a very exhausting thing mentally, which sounds crazy because you're sitting at a desk. Mm-hmm. But every time I talk to my engineer friends, they're like, yeah, it's draining. Yeah. You know, you work like 10 hours in a row and you're just like completely exhausted mentally at the end of the day. Yeah. Especially if you're like as the job, you're having to help somebody else. Yeah. Because you're literally creating someone's sound and like helping them take their personality and put it on a track. You know yeah. what I mean? That's really hard. If you were just mixing, I think it'd be a lot different. Be a lot easier. If you if you were just mixing and mastering for like hours, yeah, that'd be a lot that'd easier. be way different than recording. Yeah, I could do that all day. Yeah, yeah, but when you're like someone's really looking for help and you're trying to help them, like it's it takes a toll for sure. I was like, Why didn't you just do well when you came here? Yeah, <laughs> just do better, bro. And yeah, just do better. I don't get it. Oh, let me get my do better box out and just give it to you. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. It's it's something that you have to, as you were saying, like you got to kind of be prepared for that day. Yeah. If you're not feeling it, like the the other the person's 
probably might know if they know you as yeah. a person. Um, and always tell people like me, I'm not, I'm not very energetic um, when it comes to that kind of stuff because I'm, I get like really focused and I'm like focusing on like the sounds and stuff like that. I'm not very fun, but like when the when I'm done, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I kind of like loosen up, but like in the recording stage. And a little bit into the mixing, not so much, but I'm like hella focused and just like. Yeah, that, that's it. something I've had to work on. I'm, I'm a lot the same way. I just, you know, start staring at that screen mm-hmm. and then you forget that someone's in the other room, like trying to perform. Yeah. And you forget that, like pushing them and like helping them with their morale along the way, how much of a difference it makes is crazy. Mm. But until you like figure that out, out for yourself on how to do that just like leading someone you know what i mean you're just trying to lead your artist into making the best performance they got yeah you know what i mean there are some people who just do it mm-hmm. but most of us don't you know what i mean yeah and then you start getting frustrated because you start screwing up and you're like man i suck and just having someone there be like no you got this man like just keep doing it you know what i mean yeah and pushing them on definitely helps but it does take you know what i mean you got to remind yourself like got to help that person you know what i mean um so let's let's get into the doll stuff so this is crazy, but in that podcast of Help Me Devon, there's there's a guy who says FL Studio is the best doll. Okay. Um, I am intrigued on so they and and as I'm listening to them talk, I'm like, okay, what does best mean? Like yeah. define that for me, which I don't think they really they might have. I probably just didn't get that far into the podcast because it was like hurting my head just listening to them talk. Cause like one guy was Oof. one guy was FL Studio. I think two guys are Pro Tools, and then one guy is uh it's like none of them. I think she's using a doll that I like haven't even heard of before. I can't remember. Reaper or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but um what is your take, I guess, because you're a Pro Tools guy. So, like, what is your take on the current state of DAWs, period, and then also Pro Tools on, like, I, I, like how satisfied are you with Pro Tools in 2023? So, I kind of look at DAWs like religion. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's got one. Yeah. But, and there's not, personally, I don't think there's a right doll, you know what I mean? Like, I do think Pro Tools is probably in more commercial studios around the country, around the world. So if you were trying to work at a studio, it'd probably be best to learn Pro Tools. But like, I think if you figure out a program you like and you know how to use it and you know all the commands and you're fast, that's all that matters. Because at the end of the day, like, if you can't use your program well, you're not gonna make good music. Yeah. Just I was telling you the other day, I was trying to use Logic, and I was trying to write a song, and I didn't know what I was really doing, so I got frustrated and stopped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't help your artist if you're frustrated with your program. So yeah. I don't I don't really buy into the whole, like, there's a best program or best DAW, but, you know, I like Pro Tools. I think it's gotten a lot better recently with all, um, since they went to subscription, they've been doing a lot more updates, mm. and the updates are free with the subscription. So, you know, I love it. I, I don't really have any complaints. Do you think... It should be so. As far as pricing wise, um, do you think it's not? You think that they could charge you more and give you more? Do you think that they're charging the right amount for what they give you? Do you think it should be cheaper? What do you? No, think? I feel like the price is good. I mean, you get a bunch of plugins with like the studio version, or I don't remember if I have the studio or which one I have, but 
Um, you get a bunch of free stuff. I'm pretty sure they have like classes on there. They might have some pure mix stuff on there involved, which is super cool. Um, I mean, I don't really need any of that stuff, like the extra plugins, because we have all the other stuff we use. But I think if you're just starting out and you just have just that, like you get a bunch of stuff and you can work with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I see a ton of value in it. I think it's like 30 bucks. I'm not sure. But it works for me, and I'm, I'm happy with it. And you might be thinking I'm crazy to ask, like, should they charge you more? But, like, that's something that I've been noticing is, like, there are some subscriptions I have that I wish they would charge me more and give me more because mm-hmm. I, I want more out of it. Uh, and then also, like, I've some subscriptions, they don't charge you a lot but they also don't give you a lot. And I'm like, I wish they would just like charge me like $5 more and give me more. Like we were talking about the license thing. Yeah. Like charge happily, me more, but give me more value. I would happily too. pay five or $10 more so I could use that at home. Yeah. Like with waves. So if you buy the waves subscription, you only get one license. So I'm like, charge me more and give me six or six. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like give me three licenses. Yeah. Like I wish you would charge me more and give me more. Cause it's just not realistic to have one license. Like, yeah. Like, especially in 2023, like everyone has two rigs. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. At least two. Yeah. If you're, if you're a engineer for a living, you probably have a studio and like a home set up. Three would be perfect for me. Cause then I could have the house, the, the here, the iMac, and then I could use the laptop when I'm on the road. Yeah. So three would be sick. I'd be happy with two though. Yeah. But yeah, a, a road setup is very helpful in specific cases. Like if you if you aren't doing it often, then it will come in clutch for you. But you're not going to be hurting without it. You're like, yeah. dang, I Man. wish I had that. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're a road engineer, then that would be super clutch. Yeah, you, like when I'm going up to Indy this next weekend, it'd be cool to have the computer. Yeah, just to have all my stuff. And, you know, if I need to move something over to their computer, it'd be easy. Yeah. Instead of having to like try to bring like a session file and hoping it all lines up, and then you miss a file or something, you're like, crap. Yeah. I don't have my stuff. So I, I'm the really niche person who I've really fell in love with Luna. It to me is the best doll uh, to use for myself. Uh, I used so as I said, I started out with the FL Studio. Um, still looking back, knowing what I know now, I'm like, dang, FL Studio has this in it. Like that's pretty crazy. Um, but I've I think ever since I learned Pro Tools, I have not used FL Studio to like mix vocals, mm. like record mix vocals since I've learned Pro Tools. So I basically went Pro Tools, FL Studio, I'm sorry, FL Studio, Pro Tools, Luna. And as of right now, I don't see myself going to anything else ever, but obviously, you know, in the future, something else might come out. But um, yeah, Luna's just added for me. There are things that Pro, like Pro Tools has two things that are just phenomenal. One is that Verify and then also, um, dang, there's, I think it's that reverb thing. The reverse the, deverb thing? Yeah, that deverb. Like, those two things, if you could get those in, like, another doll, would be amazing. Like, so he's talking, like, the audio suite? Uh, yeah, just being able to, actually just being able to use audio suite where you yeah. could, like, render down in the doll. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it makes things so freaking easy. Yeah. It saves you infinite amount of time. Yeah, because otherwise I'd have to, like, bounce a clip and then just, like, put it back in. It takes the fun out of, like, whatever you're trying to do. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, like yeah. you can do like a real quick like tape drop, and you're mm-hmm. like, this is sick. Yeah. But then if you have to like make a new track, drag a plug in on it. Yeah. Freaking do the effect, render the effect. You're like, bro, I don't even want to do this anymore. Exactly. I, and I've I've been there. Like yeah. I was like, okay, how can I in Luna create a tape stop? So I'm like looking up all these YouTube videos on all these other like tape uh, plugins. And then I'm like trying, figuring out how to do it. And I do, like I figure out how to do it two different ways. But I'm just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, I, bring, I just want to click a button. Yeah, bring talking. it into Pro Tools and then bring it back. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So th- that's something that um, I-, I really wish other dolls would adapt. And that's that's something that blows my mind is how do you not just look at who's doing the best, which is Pro Tools. I, I think FL Studio and Pro Tools are the most widely known dolls. Uh, Logic might be in the mix, but... Ableton's pretty big, too. Yeah, it, Ableton's it pretty used big. To, yeah. I don't know if it still does, but it used to come with like a bunch of different uh, MIDI devices. I think it still does. Yeah. Like I got Ableton something with my machine controller mm-hmm. for free. I don't like. I know a couple producers who use Ableton all the time. Yeah. For just beat making and stuff like that. Yeah. But I I think that those two DAWs, um, if you would just take what's in there and then just apply it to a new created doll. Like a super doll? Yeah. Like, so Studio One, I think, is pretty cool. Uh, have you ever opened it before? Mm, I feel like I've opened it with one of my client sessions. It looks similar to Luna as far as, like, looks kind of futuristic, looks, like, very colorful, bright, stuff like that. But... um it kind of performs like logic. Really? And so I downloaded the free trial and started using it. And I was like, this reminds me of logic. I mean, I hate logic. <laughs> yeah. We've all been trying to figure out logic, but yeah, it's some people say it's super easy, but that might be our problem is like our dolls are like Androids to us. Yeah. And then we're like trying to swap over to iPhone. It's like, why are you doing everything for me? Yeah. Like, that, that's a good I don't point. know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I usually have to do a couple more things here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think logic is like, nope, we're going to make this as simple as possible. You don't have to do anything. And it's like, I don't know what to do. I mean, even the way I set my sessions up, it is not simple. No. Like, if you were to look at one of my sessions, you'd be like, well, but in my head, it's like, this is so simple. Yeah. And I have so much control over every little detail. Yeah. Because in my head, like, if I can't control it, that's, that's not cool. Yes. That makes it complex. Yeah. Then I have to go to more links to fix it. Exactly. But if like I have everything at my fingertips, like okay, this is easy. It looks confusing, but it's really simple. Same thing with um, what was it called? Band Lab. Mm, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, Band Lab is kind of like that. It's it's a very like all right, here you go, just use this. It's it's not very figure this out. It's a very you know straightforward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you get the chance, I would check it out because one, as like you had a client. If they're like, oh, man, you know, I was doing this in BandLab, blah, 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 you could tell them, like, hey, don't do that or do this instead. And then that will help, you know, help you out. But, right. Um, yeah, and I do think it's a very important – now, don't get me wrong. Don't waste your time learning every single doll. Yeah, for real. Because the chances are you're not going to need all that. Will it, will it be cool? Yeah. It's kind of like if you live in America and, like, I don't know, Memphis or, like, Millington, Tennessee – like you don't need to learn Chinese, Japanese, and um, Portuguese stuff like that. It's a waste of your time. Yeah. Is it cool? Sure, but the chance of you using it, not really. 
you need to live in like Los Angeles or New York City where people are speaking those languages. It is wasting your time. Exactly. So I, I'm really trying to learn like either two or three. Like I already know Pro Tools. There's a, still a lot of stuff I don't know about Pro Tools. But Dude, same. I know enough to do well. And then uh, Luna. So those are my two. I would like to learn Logic just because it's on like every Apple computer. The people who use Apple probably use Logic. But other than that, like – I don't really care to learn all of them because I'm not going to use them. Yeah, it's just a waste of time and money. Yeah. And I know my way around FL Studio for making beats, but that's about it. Like, I'm not going to go into any other doll for that reason. But Yeah, I feel that. Um, so, I I do think, I, I really do think about the um, the AI going forward with um, plugins and, oh, yeah. and dolls. Um, I do think they're going to do, like, captions or, or sub, subtitles, subtitles or something uh, while you're recording because they they already do that with like uh, even closed caption so if, if I upload this video to YouTube and you hit closed caption it'll, it'll work instantly right because it's guessing what I'm saying and that's how uh, even DaVinci I, get, I think I need to show you this in DaVinci, yeah I was going to do that on something I was doing the other day how to do subtitles yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's and it takes like a minute yeah that's nothing to render so, I think they're going to end up doing that in DAWs. Um, I also think mastering is going to be more widely used. There's a lot. There's already a lot of programs that are kind of like that, like AI. Does mastering. Slate have one? Slate just came out with one. I, okay. I was going to use it the other day, but I like was just downloading all that stuff. And yeah. I, like I saw it, and I was like, oh, "That's really cool." Yeah. But basically, you just go to their website, you log in, you drag your track into their program. And I think you get like three to five per month or week mm. for free. That goes with your subscription? Yeah. Okay. Which, I don't know. It always feels weird to do like AI mastering. I don't know. So, is this like Isotope has like versions yeah. of that? Yeah. What was the other program we were using? Lander. Lander, yeah. So that's why I was I was going to talk about the, um, the Lander one sounded really good. And again... So when I sent my monster song to um, audio animals or animal audio, whatever it is, um, I, di I didn't like what they did to it. I didn't like their master. It sounded too loud. It sounded uh, very distorted. I just didn't like it. Um, and I liked the Lander one. Lander's mastering sounded phenomenal. That was um, a free program, wasn't it? No, I had to pay for it. Um, I had to pay for that one, that one render. I think it was like thirty bucks, twenty bucks, or something like that. Um, I, th I think I paid Audio Animals like seventy five or more. I can't remember how much I paid them, but um, it might have been hundred and something. But anyways, I, I did like theirs. Uh, as we said, Isotope has one. Uh, Slate apparently has one. I think FL Studio just got one. Really? It's, it's in the doll. Um, they have their own master. Maybe the hi hats I get won't be so loud now. <laughs> um, who they'll, else? They'll has still one? be loud. Yeah, they'll still be loud. Uh, somebody else has one too, but it's becoming very normal. And I hope, I hope it's really good. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh man, they're ruining mastering music. Yeah. I hope it's really good. Because that will save time and effort on doing that kind of stuff that you could do anything else. Yeah, 100%. When when we're able, like me and you were talking about this, like 
a good plugin is a plugin that you don't have to think about. Mm-hmm. Like you just use it and it's just good. LA two way. You got two dials. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. No, it's hard to screw up. Yeah. Like unless you're just gain reduction to to 20. Yeah. It's really hard to screw that plugin up. Like it sounds great on everything. I love that plugin. That no. is one thing I kind of want, a real one. Mm-hmm. But it's just like we don't need it. And and it's also like do I really want to spend so if you get the um I think the WA 2A is like $800 or something like that. Yeah. I've heard it's pretty good. Really? Like, I've heard from people like all of warm audio stuff is fantastic. And then I've also heard people are like, oh, it's a piece of crap. So, you know, who knows? Um, if you want to sponsor a video and send us <laughs> one. Um, what else? They have the AudioScape one. It's like, a, I think it's about like 1500 maybe less. Yeah, I think that was the one I was looking at. And then who else has one? Stam. Stam's Stam, got one yeah. that's about 1500 or less. Still waiting on a Stam microphone. Yes. That we're very excited about. Yeah. And, you know, there's a bunch of them out there, but it's just like, do I really want to spend that money on a The plugin sounds pretty good. Yeah, the plugin sounds fantastic. So it's like, why am I spending $1,000 on something that I technically already got? Yeah. We got like four different versions of it. Yeah. So, but I do think um, AI and a lot of other things are going to be very helpful Um, for people like you and me. I think the gap of helpfulness is not as high as it would be for somebody who knows nothing. Yeah. If you don't know anything, it's going to be super helpful. Well, and the people who would benefit the most from that are going to be sending stuff that's probably not very good to those things. Mm -hmm. And realistically, like you and I know both, like if you send something that's not very good to a mastering engineer, it's not going to come out like you just hit the, you know what I mean? Got a Grammy. Yeah. It's It's going to be a shiny piece of crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... That's what I do worry about, that people are going to think that it's going to be like, oh, I don't need a studio now. It's like, well, you still do. You know what I mean? Pump the brakes, man. Yeah. I mean, I get get a lot of stuff I mix remotely, and like, I wish I could record 99% of it over. Mm. You know, that's not the case. I just have to work with what I got. Yeah. It's like, I know the recordings I do are great, but a lot of people, you know, they just record stuff with like a $100 mic, and they think like, oh, he'll just mix it and make it sound amazing. It's like, I'll make it sound better, but still a hundred dollar mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, that's another thing that, um, I've been thinking about is like the price of things. Um, I'm not too concerned about the price of things anymore just because now that we've started using like more high end gear, like you were working with the JBL speakers when I met you and then I had Yamaha's. So now we're working with, two different sets of thousands of dollars of speakers and like they, they sound great. Don't get me wrong yeah. by any means, but I still feel like we could get great mixes out of the cheaper stuff as well. Um, I don't know. Those JBL sounds so much different. Like, <laughs> I remember the first time I like, what was the first set of speakers we got? Was it the Dyn audio? No, it was the Atom. It was the Atom A eight X's. I remember the first time I heard those, I was like, this is crazy. And yeah. then I plugged the JBLs back in. I was like, this sounds like crap. <laughs> I mean, those JBLs were they were awesome. You know what I mean? I used those yeah. things for like six, seven years, no problems at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean they they were awesome, but and I think a lot of it boils down to your room, you know what mm. I mean? And obviously, like if you know your speakers, you'll make a great mix. But yeah. With the speakers we got now, I mean, dude, 
So much clarity. Yeah. And honestly, like those focals, I'm loving those. I do love those, yeah. I I just enjoy going home and listening to music on those. And for those to be $5.99 a piece, that's insane. What what model are those Um, for everyone we're talking to? The twin, I don't know. Twin Evos? Yeah, I think they're Evos. Yeah. They're they're blue. They got blue tint and like blue and black. Focal is an awesome brand. Yeah, I really want those trios. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to buy them. Just listen to me, y'all. I'm not going to buy them. But they're like, like 6000 a piece. Holy crap. Yeah. It's those uh, 11-inch trios. I saw David from uh, Mix, what's his name? Mix, uh, Mix, Bus. Mix Bus TV. He just got a new set of speakers that looked really nice. Oh, did he? I think they're the, the upgraded Adams from what we have. Oh. Yeah. The S, I think they're S lines. I think so. Yeah. They look sick. Yeah. Those. Um, God, what were those ones that he had? He had the, he, I think he still has those. They start with a K or something. They I were like think so. huge, like 10 or 11 inch. I thought they were like Evos or something like that. Yeah. We looked them up. They were sick. Yeah. But I, I actually would really like to have a pair of those. I think he said those were like custom made or something. No, it's a website you can go to and get them. Oh, really? Yeah. And but like they're not on like Vintage King or Sweetwater. You have to they're go like to made that website. To order. Yeah. You okay. have to go to that website and order them from the from the company. Man, I wonder how you even get into a speaker like that cuz like if you've never heard it before, how do you know it's the best thing in the world? Right? I guess Especially if you're dropping that much money. Yeah, I guess they go to like the AES mm. and all those like conferences and just try all their stuff to people. That's crazy cuz they're probably in like a big ass room. Yeah. And like, there's so much going on. Yeah. And you're just <laughs> How do you like, know? Yeah. You're like, man, he's, I can hear these over all these people. <laughs> Here's my money. Yeah. I I think having kind of that niche stuff is still pretty cool. Uh, have you heard of PSI? Mm-hmm. They have these speakers that are like, um, I'm trying to look around the room, but it's like a maroon tint to uh, them. It's like that and like a greenish tint to them. And I'm like, these are the ugliest speakers I've ever seen. But a lot of people swear they're like some of the best speakers. Dude, I guarantee if someone made like a speaker where you could just like change the faceplate to like, oh my god, it could be the crappiest <laughs> like, like this low end speaker, and they would sell so many of them. Yeah, and there's not really a company out there that's very young and innovative, other than Slate. And I kind of wish Slate kind of took that approach to stuff. Like he did the VSXs, which were phenomenal. Uh, a lot of people swear by those, and uh, he's got the microphone. The ML1 did really, really well. He has another ML2 microphone, which mm-hmm. is like a, uh, it's like a little tiny shotgun mic. It's like a, I can't remember what it's called, but it's really small. They didn't do as well. Um, but then obviously they had the VRS8, which did very bad. Mm. Like. So many people online to this day still hate that. Like, because yeah. they're in the same position I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought this awesome interface that I thought I was gonna have to buy a new one, and like, they're supposed to have these world class preamps and all this stuff. And then within like two generations of updates, it's completely useless. Yeah. And I'm just left with this thing that I don't know what to do with because yeah. no one wants it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I definitely think. Um, so has he talked about what he's going to do in the future? Like we we know just, he sold the plugins to uh, yeah they just announced 
that they're going to have some big thing coming up Friday. Hmm. So I'm assuming it's probably going to be a plug-in. Is it now? Is it for Slate? Was it audio or Slate Digital? What's, so what's Slate, I don't know if Slate Digital is still called Slate Digital, but Slate Digital is like the the VMR, all the plugins, and then yeah. Slate uh, Stephen Slate. He's like Stephen Slate Drums or Stephen Slate Audio, which is okay. like his VSX, his uh, Trigger plugin. Oh, okay. Which I don't know if you know what that is. That's not a part of Slate Digital. No. Oh, wow. There's a, I, there might be a free version of that though. That's one of the most Dang. powerful plugins on the freaking earth. I'm surprised they. And then you also have SSD Five, which is like a drum MIDI uh, program. Okay. I used it on that one song I showed you, uh, that I wrote all the drums and bass. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. what I used on that. Okay. But it's Man. super super simple and like easy to use. I'm still surprised that they didn't put Trigger with Slate Digital. It's just a different thing. Like drums are pretty unique. I don't know. I think it's just like that was under that business, and it'd be yeah. hard to like. He'd have to sell it to that business. Did he do that before he started Slate Digital? I don't know if he did it before, but Trigger's been around for a long okay. time. Okay, yeah, that would make sense then. He might have. I don't. I don't. He, he very well could have. Yeah, and he probably was just like, "No, this is my baby. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting rid of this. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a money maker for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's well, it's very unique. There's only a couple of those. On the market, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, that's the only one I really even know about. Okay, I'm, I know there's a couple more, but mm -hmm. off the top of my head, I you know I'm gonna have to look. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people like when they just talk about drum plugins, they just say trigger. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's like that household name. Yeah, you know, Michael Jordan. You just say Jordan. Yeah, and everybody knows who you're talking about. Trigger. Oh, Stephen Slate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think his company. I honestly can't even think of a newer company because Isotope and them have been around for a while. I think instruments. another company that's obviously been around for forever but doing a good job of pivoting to like the younger engineers is UAD with the Volt. They, they are definitely adapting. I think the business yeah. decisions I've made lately have been <laughs> awesome. Like I was just talking to a client of mine the other day because you always like before it was always like everyone who like starts out as a Scarlet. You know what I mean? Mm. Like a stupid little 2i2. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody. He's like, yeah, I got the Volt. And I was like, heck yeah, dude. Like, mm. it's like, usually I have to recommend, because I always recommend the Volt to people. Yeah. Um, or if they can get, you know, the X2 or whatever, mm. or X4, or whatever it is. But I was like, that's cool. Now people are starting to pick that up. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that has like the little analog thing, doesn't it? I think it has um, like a 1176 or LA2A compressor like style built into okay. it and then uh something else this is like i don't know some of those cheap interfaces they just like they sound so bad you can i don't know they just sound very like digital mm. and like, especially when people are, don't know how to use their gain mm -hmm. it's like bro this sounds horrible <laughs> like turn yeah. that down please and i honestly embarrassingly enough i can't I can tell you it was probably maybe three years ago when I started using a compressor, like while I um, recorded. Record. Yeah. Like it was not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're spoiled now, but yeah, I'm trying to remember what was on my vocal chain when I first started. I definitely had a compressor on there. I think like all I would use the track was like, and it wasn't like committing it. It was just like on the, the track, mm -hmm. the record track was like maybe an EQ and then like a compressor just to get gain and like make sure it didn't like go crazy. Yeah. 
But, I mean, I've always kind of had a pretty decent setup. I think one of my first interface I ever bought was a Scarlet Pro 40. Hmm. No, it was a... It, it was made by is Scarlet the brand? Yeah, so um Focusrite. Focus, okay, I had a Focusrite Sapphire Pro 40. Sapphire, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like the next That's above Scarlet, right? Yeah. Cuz then they have the then they have red. It's like a different different yeah. line. They had like the Octo Pre and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. Cuz the studio I interned at one of the rooms I was in had a Pro 26. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Or it might have been a Pro 40. Whatever. I had the one with four preamps. Okay. Liquid preamps, they called them. Hmm. And all it was was like literally just a gain knob. And like, yeah, like I might have had a high pass filter on it and hmm. like the phantom power. But, and then I had two instrument cables. But I had that. And then the next one I got was that VRS8. Okay. But, dude, the, the interfaces we have now, I absolutely like love them so much. What was the first doll you use was it pro tools yeah well i mean i used fl back in like 2011 okay i pirated it off the internet like, yeah, yeah like everyone else did did you use anything else no i went when i went to school i uh they just taught us on pro tools okay like, i remember getting like a forever license when we signed up mm-hmm. so i had i remember i bought i mean it was like one of my first big purchases ever when i was like 18 i bought the sapphire pro 40 I brought my I bought my JBLs, a machine controller, a MacBook, and a microphone. I think it was an AKG four fourteen, mm-hmm. and like I had that at home, and then I'd bring my computer to school and like just follow along on my computer. Mm, okay, or just use theirs. Um, but I was like in my head because they had the JBLs in one of their rooms, mm-hmm. so I was like I was used to hearing them. So I was like, oh, okay. I'm just gonna get the same speakers because like it'll make it easier. Yeah, and it kind of did. But dang, I forgot what I was gonna ask you. There's something about the, the different dolls, but um I didn't know enough on FL to even like even have an idea of what I was doing when I got to school. Oh, I remember now. Do you think different dolls sound different? Are you one of those? Because I am not. I mean, I might just be ignorant because I haven't bounced like thousands of songs to yeah. every single doll, but I don't think there's any difference. Yeah, some people swear that like even Andrew. The guy that's uh, worked here a couple times, he he says that Luna is the best sounding recording doll. That just doesn't used. make any logical sense. It doesn't to me either. Because when you bounce something like ninety six kilohertz with like a twenty four bit rate, like if they both had the same thing, why would it be coded different? Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if it's both bounced like a waveform. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We're we're going to have to make a video about this. Yeah. Cause it will it will definitely get a lot of hits. Cause a lot of people swear that like Pro Tools sounds the best, Luna sounds the best, FL sounds the best. Like people say that all the time. And, yeah. But I, I have I personally do not think that there's a difference. That's just me. It just doesn't. It makes no sense. But yeah. I'm down to bounce like the same song through. Freaking! How would we even set that up? I think we'd have to record in different dolls. We could easily do it downstairs with Luna, Pro Tools, and Logic. Yeah. We could do all three. But anything well, we could download FL as well. We could download on that computer. But um yeah, I, I just don't think that they sound different at all. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and you know, you're talking about the coding. So maybe the coding could be, right? So they're not all the same doll. Yeah, but is like anyone really gonna notice that? I don't think so. 
And even um, Southside, he's in 808 Mafia. He makes a lot of beats for like uh, Gucci and a bunch of these big name rappers. He says that, or actually it might have been Metro Boomin. I can't remember. But he says that like FL7 or like FL8 sounds better than the FL right now. I'm just like, maybe. If what are you, you talking about? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, are we talking like straight bounce it with no plugins? Like, I don't know. I or don't did know. the plugins get updated? Like something's not. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just saying this to me. I think because that's just what they were used to. Yeah. So they just refuse to believe that something else is better than what they've been used well, to. And sometimes you hear people who just say stuff. You're like, bro, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, did you hear that from somebody? Like, yeah. do you understand what you're saying right now? Like, what's his name? Um, God, the guy that was interning here. I just asked you about him. Mike? Yeah. He was talking about, did we know that um, wave files, like, lose their data or something over time? And I was like, that's not a thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel like I was a like, thing. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I was like, now, if it was on a disc or something... That would make sense. It got scratched or yes, something. It's degrading over time, just like vinyl. Like yeah. it degrades over time just because air molecules, like things are disrupting the texture yeah. of the thing. Especially if it was on the internet. Like, yeah. I get, I mean, maybe you can make a crazy argument that your like hard drive is somehow getting taken by the elements, which makes no sense. Yeah. But if it's on the internet, like, it's on, <laughs> if it's on the cloud, like, come on, man. <laughs> It's just there. There's some corrosion in the sky. <laughs> like that's just on a server somewhere, which is still just like a hard drive. Yeah. So it's I don't know. I, I don't I don't buy into it. Yeah, I don't think I'm buying into it. <laughs> and, and if you do, by all means, like you can please send us something to show us the difference. But we are down to learn. We, we should definitely make a video sometime. A, like maybe just get some artist in here and uh, and just make them record like yeah. the same thing over and over again. And then we'll just do it in like the different dolls and we could post it. And I guarantee you it'll get like a ton of hits because people are looking that up all the time. Yeah. Like, what's the best doll? We use? could just do it with no plugins or anything. Yeah, we could do we just could do, do no plugins. Just do our hardware and yeah. straight two track and a vocal and bounce that shit. Yeah. Now I think something that would be cool is they started making templates that you could use in different DAWs. So like, let's say you made a template in Logic, you could like move that template. I think they do that. Some oh, really? companies do, yeah. Hmm. Well, Logic even has like a Pro Tools keyboard shortcut preferences. Oh, that's sick. I don't know if Pro Tools does, because I was like using all the hotkeys Pro Tools has on Logic, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I tried But even DaVinci has a Pro Tools keyboard shortcut. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's made... DaVinci is super easy for me because I just changed to that. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Because like the whole like R and T thing where I'm zooming in and out, I constantly do that on Pro Tools. Mm. So when I go into like Logic or DaVinci and I can't do that, I'm like, how do I zoom out? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. Like because you'll be doing something and you're just like lost. You're like bro, I literally can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah. all you have to do is just zoom out. Yeah. But I mean, going from like here over to here. Which on our big monitors, like it takes forever to do. Sounds so lazy, but you know, you do that a thousand times in an hour. It's like, yeah. bro, I wasted so much time just going back and forth. Yeah. But yeah, keyboard shortcuts are huge to learn. Like, if you guys are new or don't know a ton of keyboard shortcuts, like definitely invest some time because they will save you literally days of time. 
Yeah, I've been working with Rachel on Da Vinci, and like it bothers me so much when she doesn't use two hands. Like she wants to do everything with one hand, and I'm just like, <laughs> put your other hand there and just use a shortcut. Like, that is a hard thing when I watch other engineers do stuff, and I just want to help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I can help you go faster. And then like, like I was probably like that. You know what I mean? At one point. Yeah. But it's hard to not be one of those guys who's like a backseat driver. Now I just try to shut up and sit unless someone tries to ask me for help. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely like sometimes like you could do that so much easier if you just hit this button. Yeah. But there's like I'm learning, bro. And Rachel actually taught me if you hit now I'm gonna forget what it was, but like if you hit option and up and down in DaVinci, it will just move that thing in the same spot up and down like straight up and down so it's kind of like that in pro tools if you like you select a clip you hit control c and then you can go i think it's like whatever the thing is under the p character that's down and p is up oh okay. and then you can just control v and copy it and paste it right there i did not know that yeah so instead of like you know sometimes you drag stuff and it moves everywhere yeah, yeah. especially if you're in like slip mode like you just copy especially if you're a long way down mm-hmm. saves you some time i just always copy paste yeah. And I didn't know about the up and down. And yeah. Luna is supposed to have the exact same shortcuts as Pro Tools. So, whatever. dude, I was looking. I don't know if I told you about that problem I had on Pro Tools the other day where I just restarted my computer and it fixed everything. But I was hitting Command and it kept like popping up. What was it doing? Oh, it was splitting the tracks when I just hit Command. Oh, yeah. wow. So I was like in the preferences, digging through there, trying to figure out like someone changed something. Because mm-hmm. we have multiple people that come in here. So I was like, someone must have just changed something. So I factory reset all the keyboard settings and Pro Tools and in my Mac and still did it. And I was like, I just give up. I was like, I'm just going to subside to living with this problem for the rest of my life. Because usually to split a track, it's B, um, where you can like do it with the mouse or whatever. But okay. I just like, I just gave up and left, came home, came back, and then it was fixed. And I was like, Alright. <laughs> I was worried, man, because that was pissing That's me off. That's crazy. So I do um I click where I want to split it and do command E. That's how I split my tracks. In Pro Tools? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and that's and what I was getting know. to. I was looking through the, the shortcuts. So many shortcuts, dude, that I had no idea about. Yeah. And I'm pretty proficient with Pro Tools. Like Yeah. You you know all the shortcuts to get you what you need. Yeah. Like you might there might be some more out there that you probably would never use because you don't do those actions i guess man i found one the other day well i didn't find it i just haven't used it in a while where like i think it's i heard some guy call it the bear claw it's like shift option command i think and then you like i was trying to i had like 10 tracks yeah i don't know yeah it was funny but i remembered it because he called it that Hmm. but basically if you hit that and if you hit your input like I was trying to get like 10 tracks input one through 10. Mm-hmm. It'll do it all. If as long as the things are highlighted, it'll do it all for you. Okay. Instead of like doing one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But you said it will make them all the same input? It, no, it'll make them all like one through 10. Oh, okay. In in numerical order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's so pretty it, cool. Yeah. Save me a ton of time. Yeah. I used to use it all the time, but I haven't used it in a while. And I had to remember what it was the other day when I was doing a song. I think... I think in Luna, if you create a new track, it automatically makes it. I want to say it automatically gives it no input. So I think Pro Tools. So say if I 
the reason we can't really do this with, with our setup is like we have a really weird setup and we have two interfaces and everything's everywhere. But Pro Tools, if you say if you have nothing, no hardware, all that stuff, it'll make like one. If you make 20 tracks, it'll put input one through eight. Yeah. Or however many like ends you have. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll start using like random stuff that yeah. you never even use. Yeah. But it'll <laughs> just go right down your list. Yeah. Which is convenient unless like you're like us where our routing is really weird. Mm. So it's like you have to do everything manually every time if you're going to make like that many tracks. Yeah. Um, something that you don't use that I use all the time is option command B. And that's how you balance the track. Mm, yeah, I should probably do that. Yeah, you always click and just go to balance. But I just do option command B and balance it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that one doesn't save too much time because it's like for me it's like – I'm done. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I was a, I could probably start using that one. There was, so you said in Pro Tools, you can, it's like the letter, it's something under P, you can go up and down with the, the sound. Yeah, so you have to select the track, hit, like copy it, control C, and mm. then hit, I think P's up, and then whatever, it's like a colon or something, semicolon, mm. you hit that and it goes down. Okay. I'll have to try that one out because I've been wanting that because uh, I usually just do command C, go to the track that I want it to go to, and then command V and let it paste. And yeah, it saves you some time, especially if you're in like 16th notes mm-hmm. and you're just moving stuff real fast. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't use it all the time just because it's like it is more work if you're only going one down. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're going <laughs> like 30 tracks down, yeah. you don't want to drag it. Because once you get that far, you don't even remember where it was. Yeah, you might have lost it. Yeah. <laughs> so, especially if you're just trying to punch in a little spot mm-hmm. and you have a track on each side, super accurate. And are you, uh, oh, there's another thing I noticed I wanted to talk to you about was um, I, I noticed you had did it. And so I started trying it. You're putting your de-esser before your compressor, right? I have two DSers on my main vocal track. Oh, okay. so I use I go EQ like a linear EQ like the Fab filter, just to take out the nasty stuff. And mm. then on the slate, the VMR, I have the slate DSer. Okay, it's barely doing anything, just to catch it before I compress it. Okay. Um. So if there's anything super annoying, I'll try to get it there because obviously if you compress it, it's just gonna sound like crap. Mm-hmm. And then I did the LA two A. And then if I need it, I'll, I've either been experimenting with the Fab Filter DSer or I've been trying that SSL one out. And I was listening to a podcast. I think it was one of Bobby Osinski's podcasts, and they were talking about, um, or it might have been production expert. They were talking about always compress before you use an EQ. I was like, "What are y'all talking about?" But I forget that when you're recording, you're compressing. Yeah, now, I was thinking like plugins wise. Yeah, but yeah, when you're recording, you're already compressed. So yeah, if th- this is my input, if you're recording, you want to compress before EQ, and your first EQ will be the one that's in your DAW. Like your your preamp might have an EQ on it, but you're not really. It's more subtraction. You're not really doing anything. Which your EQ in your DAW will probably be more subtraction anyways, like Fab Filter. But uh, yeah, I yeah. like. It. Compress before you eat. Rarely ever boost with Fab Filter. Yeah. I, I will sometimes if I want high end. Yeah. But low end and like mids is also traction. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll use it on like snares or guitars if I'm trying to add stuff. But 
Most of the time I won't even do that because I'll just use like a saturating plug-in to get like the high end or something. Yeah. Um, did you ever use Thermonic Culture Vulture yet? Mm, I think I used it on a couple mixes when we were talking about it last time, but I don't use it all the time. Yeah, it's it's another um, black box type yeah. of, like if you do too much, it'll destroy your mix. Yeah. But it sounds pretty cool. I think it has a good bit of like thickness to it. Whatever that, whatever that means. Yeah. Dude, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone the other day about, I was trying to explain to them how, like, we look at sounds as, like, temperatures and, like, brightness yeah, yeah. and warmth. And I was describing, like, a color as a bright color. And they were like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, well, and then I used, like, the sound analogy when you have, like, a harsh thing. Like, oh, it's a really bright sound. You know what I mean? They are just like. That's so weird. Yeah. I'm like, it makes sense, okay? Just <laughs> like, understand this is a cozy sound. Like, I think you're a very bright mixer, and I'm a very dark mixer. And um, it's, it's just weird to describe. Like, I mix dark. What does that mean? You take all the light out of it? No, 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 no. no, no <laughs> it's no. just dark. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it's, it's vintage, bro. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird that. And it's also weird we have those preferences. Yeah. Um, whether it's just what we like to hear or it's just the way our ears are made and our ears perceive sound. Uh, if somebody if somebody messed up their hearing, then they're probably going to mix differently than how other people mix yeah. because, one, they can't hear that well. So they might be very sensitive to high pitch noises or they might uh, pick up certain frequencies differently. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like – your engineer, the the way they grew up and the way they've handled their life will dictate the way your songs. Yeah, for real, bro. <laughs> that's that's a pretty pretty cool thing to know. Is like you know, everybody's going to mix differently. Yeah, and th there's no right way. I always tell people like you know how do I do you know how do I make it sound you know this way or whatever. It's like you can do whatever you want. Like if you want to throw Fab Filter on every single track, or if you want to throw. Uh, compression on everything like there's no much thing there's no such thing as too much compression unless it's destroying the sound of the sound wave which isn't hard to do yeah yeah <laughs> you can easily do that <laughs> i used to do that <laughs> i remember when i first started engineering i was like i don't understand this compressor like this attack release like i just like what so what what were your first like plugins that you were using i used like stock plugins and i think waves I think that's like everybody's that stock it. in waves. Yeah. Cause it's it's the cheapest. Yeah. Um, waves you buy plugins for like twenty and thirty bucks. Um so how long has Plugin Alliance been around? Because they're super cheap. Yeah, I don't know. They've been around I started using them maybe five or six years ago. Mm. I like their stuff. I can't do you want to know the reason I started using their stuff? Why? So yeah, it wasn't actually it wasn't even that long ago. It was like four years ago. I was, I think I used a dangerous two bus somewhere. Okay. And I was like, I freaking love this thing. Why have I never heard of this thing? Because mm -hmm. that's like, it's kind of one of those niche things you've never heard of it. Yeah. And I was like, is there a plug-in version of this? And then I was like, I was watching uh, Tom Lord Algae. He was using this thing called the Spy Tileizer. I don't even know how to say it. You say Tom Lord Algae? Yeah. There's a Tom Lord Algae. Really? He's also... <laughs> A great mixer. He's not related to Chris? He might actually be. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But they're both, if they're both brothers, that's crazy because they're both like Grammy yeah. awarded 
mixing engineer. That's, that's crazy. But he was using something, um, and it was also from Plugin Alliance. I was like, okay, I'm freaking getting this. Okay. Both these things are sick. Yeah. And I still have both of them on my master bus or on my uh, vocal mix bus. Okay. I don't use them hardly ever, but like sometimes I do, mm. and they sound sick. But Plugin Alliance has so much. They're like kind of like slate. We're like. They got so much different stuff. Mm-hmm. They got like instrument plugins. They have mixing plugins. Plus, like whatever uh, subscription you choose, like you can find something that you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like we were talking about the other day, you get to pick something for free at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Or you get like what? What is it? Like a hundred dollars or something? I think they give you. Yeah, it's like it's over a hundred dollars worth, like a voucher. Yeah, it's, it's what, whatever the price was of the subscription. Oh, uh, okay. It's okay. what they basically. It's like they're refunding you pretty much. Yeah, it's super sick. So if you wanted to, you could just buy every plugin that you already have. Yeah. Or if you're like me, and you want new stuff, you can just try stuff that you don't have. Yeah, I think I've bought three plugins from Plugin Alliance, and then a lot of them I've gotten for free. Like I bought the purple eleven seventy six. Um, what else did I buy? I bought some like EQ or something. Oh, the Emic. The Emic. Oh, yeah. I used that thing for a while. That thing is crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that thing is, it just takes a lot of work to figure out how to use it well. Yeah. And I think the way I used it was like, I used it too extremely. You know what I mean? Better Maker. I used the Better Maker. Better Maker. I, I bought sick. that. So, um, yeah, those are the ones I bought from them. I, I kind of feel like I want to get their subscription just because I realize, like, hey, they give you the money to just buy their plugins as well, though. But, um, yeah, I currently just have no subscription anything right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it. If there was going to be one I had to have, it would definitely be this slate. Mm-hmm. Especially now that they have You just SSL. get so much stuff, dude. Yeah, now so you're getting SSL stuff. and Harrison with it, so it's like – Dang. So no <laughs> Plus, like you have Anna 2, which is like uh instrument plugin that mm-hmm. you can like you don't even need anything else. Yeah. And, and it comes with like I think I was looking on there today, it comes with like six or five different expansions mm. with different like sounds, like cinematic sounds and like trash sounds. Oh, uh, okay. All kinds of stuff, dude. Yeah. So if you can't figure out how to make a song from that, you suck. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like Yeah. I- I've I've been considering getting back into either Waves or Slate. I don't know which one, but um, I just hate paying a subscription. I'm not anti-subscription by any means. I think subscriptions are very useful because they give you updates with it. Um, so if something new comes out, you just get it. You yeah. don't have to worry about like, oh, do I have to buy this? Like, no, you just get it. So, um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of um, Waves Slate. Uh, who else has some stuff out there? Um, I, Isotope or Native Instruments, whoever the company is now, uh, which that's another topic. But, yeah, I, I haven't really just gotten into their stuff. I don't know if it's because of the way it looks yeah. or I what. I used to have all the Isotope stuff. Like, I've used Elements before. That's like that little EQ thing. I'm just not super into it. I wasn't blown away by it. Yeah. The Isotope for mastering, haven't been blown away by it. Uh, they got that Neutron and all that other stuff. It just it doesn't do it for me. To me, it just feels like it makes it uh, – it takes a lot of the work I did and makes it something else mm-hmm. that I don't really want. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the mastering for real. It's like, all right, this is what it's supposed to sound like. It's like, I don't want to sound like this. Yeah, this <laughs> sounds weird. Why would you do this to my track? Yeah, delete. Um, so, yeah, 
companies buying each other. Yeah. How do you feel about? Because it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? So we've already seen the good thing. Now you get SSL plugins. That's the good thing when one company buys other companies. Um, Native Instruments. They, I think, got bought by Isotope. No, no, no. There's a company. They're a uh, a venture capitalist company. So they just buy up everything. They bought Plugin Alliance, Isotope, and Native Instruments. So they own all three of those. That's why if you have a Plugin Alliance subscription, you started getting Native Instrument plugins. Dude, I need to update my stuff. Yeah. So all those like <clears throat> plugins that came with Native Instruments, they came with uh, that now. And then also you could get like a few Isotope or um, what, is, what is the actual company called? It's not Isotope. Some elements, isn't it? I thought it was Isotope. I think that's just the name of that one plugin. No, because when I go on my providers or whatever, my you know, I sort my plugins oh, yeah, by yeah, providers. Yeah. It Isotope. is Isotope. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it was some elements. But anyways, um, yeah. So all those plugins are. By now the way, like, that's how you know you have too many plugins. <laughs> when you when you go, you know, so if you ever go company. to someone's computer and it's sorted by plugin uh, provider names, they got too many plugins. Yeah, they got they got some diversity. Because if you go to the, the dynamic section and it's just like twenty pages of <laughs> compressors, you're never finding what you need. Hey, guess what? You're probably going to use about three different compressors in your whole mix. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time you use the same because like it's weird if you use, let's say on your main vocal, use a distressor and then like your backing vocals use an LA two way and then your ad libs are using like the CL one B. Like yeah. it's it's messy. Like yeah. might as well just use the same one for all of them. Yeah. But, the same person. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, like how do you feel about those getting bought up and um squashed into like one i mean so far it's worked out great for us you know what i mean everybody i think think the users are getting a lot from it yeah um so i think it's super sick hopefully slate like doesn't go make it super jacked up in price you know what i mean i'm afraid of that i think it won't just because of what they've already did like they already are keeping at the same price yeah but it's not hard for a brand to just pivot and like slowly change like the culture of a company absolutely it could get better it could get worse yeah and that's why i keep telling you every time pro tools get sold come like just watch out yeah i i don't think they'll go under just because but they did find out that like i think media composer or something i'm a i'm gonna probably butcher this but either media composer is the biggest money maker or the least money maker for avid I don't even know what that is. You would use it. So a lot of movie makers use Media Composer uh, when they're making their movies. Uh. So they use Pro Tools to mix the sounds in the movie. Okay. And so with Media Composer, I think you can watch the movie and Uh. mix at the same time. I was wondering how they did that. Yeah. Like there's very few plugins you can do or uh, DAWs that you can do that in. Well, yeah. Every filmmaker in the world is doing that. Yeah. I think Pro Tools is one... And then, like, I don't think you can do it in Cubase. Maybe it's, like, Reaper or something else. Like, you can watch something and mix at the Man, same time. Man, that would time. take a mammoth PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, like, things like that is what's keeping Avid creating and selling Pro Tools. Yeah. Because it's, like, 
You need this. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's using it. Like to me, Pro Tools is the industry standard. Yeah. If you're using something else, it's because you're choosing to use it. Yes. Anything like Pro Tools is the standard. Like I've never been to a commercial studio where it's like we only got logic. (laughs) All right. See ya. Yeah. So word of advice, if you're going to be an engineer, use learn Pro Tools because it is the standard. But if you just want to learn something else because it fits you better, then learn it. But Pro Tools is the standard by all means. Um, I I just don't see it going away, but um, it is being bought and sold constantly. I think since I've known you, it's been bought and sold four times. That's crazy. It has been getting better though. Yeah. That's a good thing. And the yeah. prices are changing. They were like, the company admitted that they were too expensive. They were like, we, we messed up. So oh, then they made it really cheap. And I think they're going to keep it about where it's at. Well, so when I first started using Pro Tools, you had to buy like a perpetual license. You so had to buy a perpetual and that was it? I don't think that had a subscription model. Oh, dang. So it's like you bought Pro Tools and then you bought update plans. Oh, wow. And it was kind of a kick in the mouth because it was expensive to update. It might have been a couple hundred dollars. I can't remember. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So you bought your perpetual <laughs> license. And then one day, there was like, okay, we have a subscription program if you want. But in order to do that, you have to forfeit your perpetual license. Okay. And there was a huge, like, everyone was like, oh, I'm so mad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everyone was so mad on the internet because they were like, why do I have to do this? Why can't I just get the update? Blah, 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 blah. Why do I have to forfeit my perpetual license that I've already paid all this money for? Mm-hmm. Which they were right. And then I remember when I took the hit, like I uh, when I got the iMac, I it was already updated to something that my Pro Tools just wasn't. Uh, I kept getting so many errors that it wasn't the computer. It was just my, yeah. it was just my version of Pro Tools. I was working with like a 2014 version of Pro Tools mm-hmm. in like 2019, 2020. Um there's still guys who probably have Pro Tools version like 2000. <laughs> Not even joking you. That's crazy. Very crazy. So I finally did it and I, it made me forfeit my perpetual license and I got the subscription model, which I don't remember what I pay, but it, I mean, I, I like it. You know what I mean? I, I think you get Melodyne for free. You get a ton of plugins for free. Um, like I said earlier, you got the Pure Mix stuff now. There's a bunch of resources that I never had before. Mm. I think you get a free like three month trial of Auto Tune, so like you get tons of value for whatever it is. Yeah, but I'm also like 27, so I'm more open to subscriptions than like if I was like 50 or 60 and I've been using this since it came out. Yeah, I'd be probably pretty pissed. Yeah, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it costs them money to update it. You know what I mean? And as I said, like I don't have any subscriptions right now for that kind of stuff, but like. If I found the value in it, I would just get it. Like I'm on the bridge of waves. If so, if waves charged me more money and gave me more licenses, I probably would have bought it by now. I yeah. probably would have bought back. But since it's only one license, I'm like, I can't go to the studio and use these. Or if I just buy it for the studio, I can't use it at home. Well, I don't even see waves like innovate that much right now. Do you? No, they just keep. Like their innovation as plugins, like hey, we got this new plugin for you. Yeah, I got like six other ones just like it. Yeah, <laughs> like update your service. Well, I think that's a problem with companies like that is like they have great stuff and everyone's been using them forever, but they're not like Slate's changed the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like 
before Slate, subscriptions with plugins wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. They came along and like everything has changed. They're like, holy crap, this dude is making tons of money. Yeah. Because he's doing something that's outside the box. Yeah. And even to this day, they're still adding stuff. Like they're not just making mixing plugins. They're adding instrument plugins. That you know, if you want to, you can go over and get the the drum stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so many options to do everything instead of just making the same plugin with a different name. I think Slate that no one knows how to use. Yeah, I think Slate and Plugin Alliance put the pressure on UAD because yeah. UAD is the god, the king of plugins right now, and once they felt pressure from these other companies, they were like, "Oh, yeah, we can't charge three hundred dollars for a compressor anymore. No. <laughs> like we have to drop the price." So, but like, they also gave updates to the plugins for free with the yeah, purchase yeah like so, you never had to pay to update their plugins so over 20 years that'd be a tremendous value yes correct yeah, yeah. it was like you had a, a perpetual license that gave you free everything but when you're freaking like 20 years old you're like bro i can't afford that yeah like i want to use all that because all my heroes are using that but yeah i can't afford twelve thousand dollars of plugins <laughs> The crazy thing I is, I made five hundred dollars <laughs> last month. <laughs> you just threw a number out there, but I'm pretty sure UAD complete is like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to say it's close to eleven thousand dollars. That's crazy. But yeah, like nobody else has a subscription like that. No. Like nobody else has plugins that cost that much money. No, because now UAD has what was it called Spark? Or, yeah, yeah, Spark, Spark, where you can get all. I think they only have like 30-something plugins, though. Um, yeah, there are like 30-something plugins that you can use with a license. And it's like, I think the cheapest plan they have is $100 a year. And then they have a plan that's like 300 a year. And it's like all, all the plugins that they have. Mm. But if you're like us and we have the UAD version, we get the Spark version for free. Yeah. So any, any plugin they come out with Spark, we can use it for free. Yeah, we have the DSP version. Yeah. And that's another thing that's going to go away is DSP. Because we don't need it. Like, our computers are getting more powerful, so DSP is starting to become irrelevant. Yeah. Now, is it useful? Yeah. But it's not as necessary as it used to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, um, UAD, whatever they come out with next doesn't screw everybody over. Somehow, I don't. I don't know how they would do it. <laughs> I don't know what you'll do. Yeah, like maybe, maybe they'll come out with like a new, like the if. The, so let's say they did like what Slate did, but software wise, like, like hey, this is the newest UAD uh, three, I think, because I think they're on UAD two right now. So let's say UAD three comes out, the plugins update. But, like, you can't update unless you have, like, the newest Mac or you're Mm. on, like, uh, Sonoma just came out. Like, you have to have Sonoma or something like that. Then you're like, well, now I'm stuck. Yeah. And I'm, like, me and you both right now are still using Monterey. Yeah, I'm not updating. Like, ever. I I usually, (laughs) somebody said the rule of thumb is to stay two behind. Because if if you're two behind, the companies are still trying to catch up to the, to the next one. Yeah. I don't even, what was the, what was the next one after Monterey? I don't know. I forgot what that one was called. I think it started with a V. Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. So that one. Oh yeah. I just, I just updated my iMac to that. Okay. 
so I, I'm actually on Sonoma on my um, on my laptop. But um, is this scary? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, need, right. Yeah, I, don't I can need totally anything. do that. Yeah, so I, I'm on Sonoma on that one. But um, for everything else that I need music wise, like I think that's on Ventura. I mean, not Ventura, uh, Monterey. So anything that has a UAD thing attached to it, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Because my interface is everything. Yeah. If you don't have an interface, you don't have anything. No. So. Yeah, definitely not worth it. Yeah. To get like what? New notes? No, <laughs> new note features? Like. And that's how I feel like with iPhones and everything. Yeah. Um, I've My plan is to update my phone every, I think, four years. Cause like I was the on, operating system or the actual phone? The actual phone. Oh. The physical phone. Dude, it's like 40 years in phone years. <laughs> that's like four iPhones, dude. Because I, I had the iPhone 11 Pro, and I just upgraded to the 15. Dang, I'm, 15 still, I'm still at the 12, I think. You're at the 12? 12? 12 or 13. So I think you should get a new phone next year. Whatever this one is, the two. Does it show you? Well, it It depends. Is that a pro or is that just a... No, it's the regular one. Does it show you in your... Uh, this is a 13. You're on a 13? Yes, yeah, 13. If I were you, uh, I don't know. I might upgrade to the 16 because USB-C. Oh, yeah. So, and then I think they say on the 16, the battery is going to be different. It's going to be like a... Bro, they've been saying that forever. <laughs> You're never going to need to charge this. So, my phone goes dead super fast. That one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But it also charges very fast. Like, I think, so I only charge mine to 80%. It's got like a new um, thing in there to it lets me charge just to 80%. Why would you do that? Um, it saves the battery. Like, not saves, like it um, It makes the battery last longer. Oh, even though it doesn't last long. They say, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, not last long as like. Uh, yeah, long, you're talking about like length. The of, lifetime yeah. of it. They even say that for Tesla's. Tesla's, oh. they suggest you only charge it to 80%. Huh. Yeah. So batteries, you don't want to go too low and you don't want to go too high. I think you can let it die. Really? I uh, thought that wasn't good to do. Okay. So I found out that your phone has a cycle count. If you go past the cycle count, it might just not work anymore. Uh, that means you let it die. Mm. So um, iPhones, I think it's like 500. So if you let your phone die like five hundred times, it might not work again. Oh my god! I don't. I don't know. I just found out that it's, that'd be a lot of times you let it die, dude. Yeah, you're a very irresponsible person. I'm pretty if your sure your iPhone died five hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> like some people, I guess, just like to run those to their to their dead. I compare it to like you as a person. Like, do you just stay up all day? <laughs> until, until you go to sleep, <laughs> keep going, bro. Or do you take? Well, it's naps? not good to do that in your car either. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you don't have the. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Rule of thumb, everybody: don't go until you're dead. <laughs> go to sleep. Well, you know, we as people, we hardly take naps. Yeah. Like unless you just have the time to take a nap. Like I don't ever take naps. Yeah, I don't ever take naps. And when I do, like I love it. Oh, like, yeah, I'm if, drooling. If I if I have nothing to do all day, like. And I just feel like lazy, like playing video oh, yeah, games dude. or something and watching movies. Like, then I'll take a nap and I feel great. But um, I usually, my day, I wake up at like five something and I'm <clears> busy <throat> all day. And then I go to sleep around like 10 or 11 and I feel great. My, like Rachel, she, she will take a nap during the day. Really? <laughs> like it's, it's, it's almost a guarantee she's going to take a nap during the day. But like, 
some a lot of foods like will make her feel sleepy yeah. and stuff like well, that. Well, turkey. So the reason everyone like falls asleep during Thanksgiving is a uh, there's an amino acid in there that like it's the same amino acid your brain produces a lot of when you sleep. Hmm. Or what it produces when you're falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It starts with a T. Tryptophan. Oh. Yeah, it's a, something tryptophan. Okay. But your brain produces that when you fall asleep, mm-hmm. and turkey is really high in tryptophan. Oh, So okay. when you eat the turkey, you feel like falling asleep. Hmm. It's a chemical reaction. Interesting. So it's not just, well, it is probably also because you're fat from the food. <laughs> the but, comfort food. Yeah. And that's why they call it comfort food, because it feels comfortable, and you you know you yeah. just want to go to sleep. <laughs> Nothing else you want to do. Facts. Are you a Thanksgiving food person? Uh, I like... I like turkey. Like my dad makes a pretty mean smoked ham. Okay, but I love ham. Dude, oh my god, I love ham. My dad will smoke a ham for like eight hours. The nice crispy bark, dude. Oh <laughs> boy. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Ham I'm excited guy. for the meats, and then I love the rolls, dude. The yeast rolls. Oh, okay. Big yeast roll guy. Okay. But I mean, I'll just smash the food. I'm pretty hungry now. Thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, I I really like doing. Um, doing different um foods and stuff like that but you know i I know what i like and i know what i don't like i try not to get something too crazy yeah i don't even care i'm a picky eater like eat what i eat Mm -hmm. fine with it you know what i mean like yeah pretty healthy dude like i mean do you ever get tired of eating certain things not really like i can eat like i'm eating chicken and rice right now like i have like nine meals in the fridge like We'll eat it all the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I was going to ask because, like, if you're a bodybuilder. good. You know what I mean? And you just don't get tired of eating things, that's a superpower. Yeah. Because if you can eat chicken and rice or, like, turkey and rice or But whatever. I'm also not on, like, a crazy strict diet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll eat some food every now and then. Like, last night I had some wings. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, like, I ate chicken and rice, like, three times yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then I had wings when I went to play some pool. Okay. So... The only thing with chicken and rice, I just get hungry like every freaking hour and a half. Oh yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm starving. I was watching some guy and he was talking about um, what was it? He was talking about like Japanese rice. Um, it has like I think he was talking about like having sugar in it, and he was like, mm. if you're if you're a guy and you're doing bodybuilding, it was like sweet rice or like sugar rice or something. He was saying because it. Is like you don't feel full and you're gonna be hungry the next like five minutes. So he's like, eat that because you're gonna be able to eat a lot of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh dang. Dude, I can eat I have I, I make jasmine rice. That's what I'm jasmine rice is my go-to. Yeah. Cause it's I'll throw a little bit of cilantro right in there. Yeah. Right size, right flavor for me. Everything. I just picked up I'm doing the I'm doing like broccoli, like the frozen ones. Mm-hmm. Has like some Tuscan seasoning on or something so i'll throw that in there and then i've been marinating my chicken in like a chipotle mm. marinade that i got offline it's really freaking good yeah i think that's the reason i can eat it all the time because it tastes amazing okay but if it was just like plain ass chicken like it might be different yeah it's plain ass chicken gets boring oh yeah but marinated chicken we're in business yeah like little crunchy pieces dude are you a turkey guy i'll eat turkey but i'm not gonna like go out of my way to make it okay that's something that Rachel has kind of put me on. Um, I, I've been straying away from beef. Really? Yeah, I've been going toward turkey because it's so much leaner. Like, it's way leaner than beef. I've I, been eating less steak simply because it's been so expensive. That too. 
Like it's I used to be like expensive. literally eat a ribeye every night when I got home from the gym. Really? Not even joking, bro. Oh wow. I'd buy like two of those three packs, mm-hmm. the ribeyes, cook that shit when I get home from the gym. I mean, bro, what is better treat than coming home getting a big fat steak? Yeah. And freaking like potatoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that? But it is like so expensive now. Mm-hmm. So I'll just eat like chicken and rice after the gym. Which yeah. is not like I used to get excited about leaving, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But now I'm just like, fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to eat this after the gym. I want a steak. Yeah, like pork tenderloin. Um, I and again, I was never really like a pork tenderloin type person. Uh another thing that Rachel kind of moved me toward because it actually tastes pretty good, like pork chops. Dude, my dad can make some mean pork chops. I don't think I ever really cared for pork chops growing really? up. I, I think they tasted okay, but I was never like, oh, man, pork chops. Did you put freaking Sweet Baby Ray's on that? No. There you, that's why, bro. <laughs> my dad would make pork chops. He put Sweet Baby Ray's all over it. Mm-hmm. That's a good freaking day right there. That's dude. crazy. I thought that shit was steak when I was a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Mm. Well, I mean, you got to think, feeding a whole family of you know, five, six people with yeah. like real steaks, pretty expensive. Yeah. Pork chops a lot cheaper. And pork chops, again, they're like high in protein and really low in fat. Yeah. Uh, if you get the right ones. Right. Like a like a tenderloin. It's, it's I do get a little nervous though cooking pork just because you have to like cook it like chicken. Mm. And I like I have very little experience cooking pork. Mm-hmm. So I just don't do it. Oh, uh, okay. Like I'll eat it. Like if someone makes it for me, I'll eat it. Like I just went to my buddy uh, John's food truck. Do you know that dude I did the photography for? Yeah, yeah. Bro, he has a food truck. It's off of Winchester. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's so good. He gave me some pulled pork, and I probably scarfed it down in like 15 seconds. <laughs> it was a whole big-ass plate of it. Oh, man. Completely destroyed it. Now, yeah, that's like just there's just so many foods that um, I, I've just kind of like, you know, just altered how I – think about them now yeah um i think i'm on board for the artificial sweeteners yeah i've heard different things like um lane norton is a guy that me and rachel just that's our go-to person for like information and stuff like that because he backs everything up with science like he'll he'll talk about the uh the studies and the trials that they've been doing and some people are very anti-sweeteners because apparently that the human body was not meant to like digest those things so it has to like figure out a way to mm. digest it, but um, or figure out a way how to like get rid of it once you put it inside of you. But um, there's no evidence that artificial sweeteners are bad for you. There's only evidence that it's like you weren't really meant to eat it, yeah. but it's not really hurting you. So we just don't know. That, yeah. That's pretty much where we're at. We're so just playing like rat in a yeah. laboratory right now. Like right now, and there's just so good for you because there's no sugar in them. There's no um, calories. Right. Like, it's like, come on, get, guys. Don't like, get all that inflammation. Yeah. So it's like everybody wants to love them. We just don't know long term what it's doing to you. Because We'll find out. Like when, what was that, sweet and low, when that was like giving everybody cancer. Oh, my God. Like everybody had to like pull back on artificial. That's what really gave artificial sweeteners a bad name. Ah. Uh. Now, I'm sorry if it wasn't sweet and low, but I'm pretty sure it was sweet and low. Sued. Yeah, I know, right? That uh, I just realized I don't have my Romero records up there. Messed up. I'll do it all over. <laughs> I'll um, like green screen it. Yeah. <laughs> just put it up there. 
But um, yeah, I think it was sweet and low that was like that artificial sweetener that all, everybody puts in like their coffee and tea. That um, I think it was giving people cancer. So that's that gave artificial sweeteners a bad name. That'll but, do it. Man, it's zero calories and no yeah. sugar. Like, and that's what that's what's so great about that creamy thing I was telling you about. I oh put, yeah, I put five grams. So the one I made the other day was like 240 grams of fat-free milk, um, like five grams of like a pudding mix, a zero calorie, zero sugar pudding mix, uh, five grams of, um, or eight grams of that pudding mix, five grams of uh, a sweetener, which I use monk fruit. Mm, that's so strong. Yeah. Jocko uses that in his go drinks. Okay. And then... I put in like 200 grams of apples. So I just cut up apples and ended up blending them up and something else. Oh, like cinnamon and I actually used a pumpkin spice. I used pumpkin spice and put it in. It's that time of year. Yeah. And that's it. That was all the ingredients. Oh, and salt. Mm. I just literally blend that all up together I and then I freeze it and then I put uh, anything else, any other like toppings I want in there, and that's my ice cream. That's crazy. <laughs> so I'm I'm eating literally like the only sugar I'm eating is from apples. Yeah, and that's it. Sounds pretty tasty. It's amazing. Yeah, and the only calories that's in it is like from the milk. I put some uh, cream cheese in there, which I could have just not did that because it actually didn't taste that good because it didn't blend up that well. I I froze it mm. and I shouldn't have froze it. But, um, yeah, I'm eating ice cream that has, like, no sugar and probably, like, 300 calories. And it's a whole pint. So That's it's, crazy. like, that big. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting hungry just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. So, like, you know, these these things that we, you know, as we're even, like, how we were just talking about plugins, like, as technology advances, it's making our lives easier. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah, for sure. And you've you've seen that with, um, you know, us using like Chat GPT and and all those kinds of things. But on the flip side of that, it is not bad to go do some suffering. Oh yeah, do some hard shit. Yeah, for sure. It makes you a harder person. Yeah, that's the that's the trick right there, dude. Like, use those things, but also do hard things mm-hmm. that are smart. To get you good results. Yeah, like that video you sent me talking about we, we need more people like that. Like she was saying. Oh, yeah. That chick was awesome. Yeah, she was saying like use chat GPT, use those things, but now you need to up the level of your skills. Yes. Like. Somebody, that was such a great way of looking at that. Yeah. I, I saw somebody talking about um, women were traditionally like washing clothes and washing dishes and all that stuff. And it, it takes them all day to do right. that stuff. And then somebody was like, oh, here's a washing machine. Here's right. a dryer. Here's a dishwasher. Save them all that time. So, oh, my God, you saved me so much time. No, since we saved you time, now you got to do all these other things. It's yeah. like now you're requiring people to do more since yeah. you just saved them time to do what they were doing. It's a busy world, dude. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, like, the stuff we probably get done today probably would have taken some people months or weeks to do, you know? <laughs> Just watching that Alaska show. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, them, they said a 90-mile round trip. Like, what was that show called? Life Below? We were just watching Life Below Zero, and some family had traveled, like, 90 miles to go fish <laughs> in a freaking wood hut. 
<laughs> with their whole family. Like it's so crazy. Bro, I'm taking the truck to the lake. Yeah. And if we can drive that, let's say you're driving 70 miles per hour, you can go 70 miles in like one hour. It probably took them like all day to make that round trip. Yeah. How fast can you go on a snowmobile, bro? Like 40, 50? Yeah, I would guess like 40. In the blistering Maybe cold? Maybe 50. I don't, I don't know. Negative 15 Alaska? <laughs> I don't, you don't even want to go that fast. Heck no. Your eyes um, get frozen. Is there anything else we need to catch up on on the DMG side of business? Um, I, I guess like, so what for music wise, like, do you have any real aspirations as far as like working with people or, or doing anything in, in music? I, I don't know. I don't know if you make those kind of goals. Like, I mean, obviously it'd be cool to work with like huge people, but, yeah. but I, you don't have any goals to work with anybody like that. I don't I, My dumb brains, like if I just keep working hard and like keep, Cause I'm like working with bigger and bigger people every month. I just feel like one day I'm gonna start working with cool, you know, mm. the people I want, like the people I listen to on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like there's obviously people I'd want to work with, but it's not like I have to do that. You know what I mean? Mm. My brain's more of just like I just want to be successful, make an impact on like who I'm working with now, and do what I can to make the best music, and then eventually all that stuff will just happen. That's yeah. just gonna be a byproduct of doing the things I need to do. Mm-hmm. More than last, I just want to be successful, make money, and be able to, you know, have cool-ass experiences. So. Yeah, I don't think there's any person right now that that's, like, my goal is to work with them. Yeah. I know some people I definitely would like to work with, but, like, I'm not currently in the, the mindset of I need to do this, this, and this to work with that person. Yeah. I'm just like, it'd be cool if I did, but I'm not, like, yeah, actively like, trying. Those days will come, you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, to actively try, you have now, you've now decided that's your, that's your trajectory of your career. Yeah. And like, I mean, we've talked about it, but I just want to be successful. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, obviously music's what I'm really good at. And like, this is obviously a path to success, but you know, if we started doing this DMG stuff and the content creation, like I'm down to just do whatever pays the bills and freaking because i like doing all of it you know what mm. i mean it's not like what like this route or this route is like one's better than the other like they're both cool yeah and i can continue to do both at any step yeah. you know what i mean and the cool thing about music production is like you can be busy as heck doing something but you can just go home and make music you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah i, I don't know i think all that'll come with time and i'm just super pumped up to you know get this ball moving with all this other stuff yeah and and it will definitely be something that I think we could do well with just because, like, I don't know. Like, other than, like, Charlie, uh, I think I've sent you his stuff before. Like, he's a really good content creator, but I don't know many. And, and okay, Michael Butler Jr., he he does he does some video, like, commercials and stuff for people, and he does a lot, like, really good photos. Um, I know some great photographers in the area. But like real content creators, I don't know many at all. Like I said, Charlie's one. Charlie's really good, but I can't think of any really good. Content well, I think creators. for like people like me, it's like sometimes it feels synthetic mm-hmm. to make some of the stuff those people make because yeah. it feels like they're trying. Mm-hmm. And I've never been one of those people who's like, I want to try to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know like I just want to be me, and hopefully yeah. that's cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if not, like I don't really care. Something I do want to uh, start changing for us is like, so we had small business Saturday 
And we thought we were going to knock that out, like with like talking to these companies, but that's not working. So I think we should change that to um, like commercials. So like we pick a product and we just like make a commercial around it. Oh, a little 15, Like what we seconds. did with like the Prime thing. Yeah, I'm down. Just start taking random products and make a commercial out of them. Make stupid, funny little things. Yeah, exactly. It could be anything. Yeah, I'm down. So I thought that would be a lot easier than uh, the small business Saturday because we had to go to a business, make sure they're cool with it, do whatever we want to. So it's a lot more time, yeah. Yeah. When we could just literally film stuff around the house or, you know, buy a drink and yeah, there's any easy, drink quick commercial. stuff we can just punch out. It'd be a lot more fun. Yeah. Like, you know, what we did with the Prime thing, that was, that was pretty cool. And then um, if we could do that for like – certain drinks or whatever <laughs> dude did you see that thing i sent you about the fence company oh yeah, yeah bro yeah. that was so funny <laughs> i was like this is i would buy from these people if i needed a fence <laughs> i could see how that'd be turning off turn off to like a lot of people but that yeah. was hilarious and yeah that's that's a thing that like you don't know like no. You have to establish that. Like, that was a thick gamble, bro. Yeah. That was a risky gamble. You have to establish that, like, with your company. Like, are we a more lackadaisical company, or are we one of those, like, super professional, whatever that means, Yeah. type of companies? I think we're kind of in the middle. Like, Yeah, we're very professional, but we're also not, like, corporate caring. Yeah. We want to make sure you realize we're not going to be, like, the dudes that Go film in suits. Yeah, <laughs> because we're entrepreneurs and yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. th- some people do that. Like, I'll, I'm in like a video group on Facebook, and they talk about like, you know, what's the dress code at weddings. Some people say you should dress as if you're like you're there for the wedding. But I, I was not a horrible idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea, but just because like everybody's dressed up nice, like you should dress up nice. But, but that's just like conforming to the. You know what I mean? Yeah. I personally would dress in whatever I felt like wearing because yeah. I'm there to video. I'm not there to be a part of the wedding. So you're, you're paying me to video well. Yeah. yeah. If you want to pay for the suit, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's how I am. But, yeah, I, th- I think everything we've done with Damage has been cool. People tell us all the time they love everything we're doing. Uh, I'll never forget when um, – What's his name from flirting from sincerity was like, oh, and I love y'all. I was like, DMG. It's like short for damage. He was like, that's so cool. And I was like, I had no idea. So yeah. You just told me. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like every, everything we've done about it. And then like getting it trademarked, that was pretty cool. Um, knowing. Knowing that it's ours, yeah, you know, like we can sue people for, <laughs> for doing that. For Look out, everybody! <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's a cool thing. It's and as I said, it's definitely taught taught me a lot about business. Yeah, I think we've come freaking leaps and bounds from where we're, where we started, and yeah, I'm super stoked in the future. And I think there's so much more to learn, obviously. And I can't. I'm excited for all the growing pains we're going to experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, a lot of things we've dealt with have been, like, good problems. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we do this so we make more money or whatever it might be? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm super fired up. Um, I'm, uh, 2024 is going to be sick, dude. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? We can wrap this up. Shoot, man. I don't know. I'm fucking super grateful that, you know, I get to freaking do this whole thing with you. And uh, super grateful for all the people on the Come to DMG album. And, Absolutely. uh 
That's about it, man. If you need a session, book online, Uproar Recording. Uproar. What's up? You got anything new from Uproar? Um, I don't think so, man. I mean, we're just... Well, you've been using the Avalon. That's that's something new. Oh, yeah. We got the Avalon back in service. Yeah. We're about to get uh, a W... Not a WA. A Stam Audio. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> he, he emailed today. I saw that. And I was like, oh, my God. We're about to get a new microphone. It should sound great. But, yeah, I mean, everything's going well. Thank you all guys for everything. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next time. Cool. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. See you next time.